Years ago, I was taking my grandchildren to Dairy Queen in Virginia. And as we were pulling in, <clears throat> my grandson, two years older than my granddaughter, said, Mama doesn't like us to come in here. Well, my granddaughter, who doesn't care what Mama says, <laughs> said, well, she says there's germs in, in there, but I've never seen one. So I'm a little bit more like the granddaughter than the grandson. So I took them to Dairy Queen. They played in those balls and the gymnasium and all that. I say all that to, to say this. You can't see the germs, but they're there, right? And our brother John has pneumonia, recovering, and he's very susceptible. So only hug half of him when you leave. Right? Okay. Wanted to point that out. There's a lot of sickness going around, so bump your elbows or whatever and try to stay, keep your germs to yourself. Amen? I also covet your, your prayers for Friday and Saturday. I'll be seeing a lot of uh, the, the Glass family and asking for wisdom and grace, and then Saturday for the funeral itself. As I had said before, if you didn't catch it, I need a couple young backs, really strong backs for the one, to open up the baptistry lid behind me. And then I need a couple to move that all into my office so we can fit the, the casket in there. Keep that family in prayer. Uh, and there'll be a lot, of, a lot of people in our church on Friday and Saturday, so, so keep us all in prayer if you would. Are there any other announcements that I'm supposed to do about that? Deb? Okay. Well, if I don't hurry, we'll have to have the meeting now. The book of Romans, chapter 1. It is a book that is the least preached book in the Bible, at least in the New Testament. It's right in there with Leviticus. It is difficult, it is hard, and if you stick with me, you will know so much more about God, the study of God, the study of God's thoughts and heart, and we are not going to get very far. I have preached through this book two or three times already, according to my records, but uh, I want to take it extra slow this time. So we're, we're only going to get to three words. But they're good. There are good three words, and I uh, encourage you to learn right along with me. I had a very excellent time studying today, uh, and learned more than I had ever learned before about Romans. Romans was written by who? The Apostle Paul. Paul. It was one of his favorite places to get to. He never got there as a free man. He kept intending to go. He makes allusion to it in several other letters. I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. But just about the time that he wanted to, uh, he thought he might go, a great drought happened in Jerusalem, in Judea. And instead of going on to Rome as a free man, 
Uh, he uh, took up a giant collection and took the collection personally to Jerusalem. Brokenhearted, sad, didn't get to Rome, where the capital of the whole region, and he just felt it was imperative to get there. And then he got arrested. And he got put in prison for years. Then he got moved to Rome as a prisoner. And everything he ever could have wanted eventually happened. He just had to be patient. But he was there in Rome for a very long time before he was executed. Well, I'd like for us to look at Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle separated unto the gospel of God. I had said only three words, Paul. Little word about Paul. Paul is not his real name. Saul is his real name. And his name got changed to Paul after he got saved. And it was a very wonderful, strange uh, conversion with a bright light coming out of heaven and a voice out of heaven, and he got converted that way. Now, having said that, his name became Paul. And he became the most successful missionary of, of that day and that era. So Paul, and he went on three missionary trips. This particular book was written, letter to the Romans was written from Corinth, where he stayed for a while. He, be, he took up uh, his... His tent making, he, he joined a tent maker and helped make tents during the week, preached on Saturdays and Sundays. So that's who Paul is. But this is really who Paul is. Paul, a servant. Now, I want to introduce you to a job opening. All of us, if we knew the qualifications we qualify. A job, a job opening that will change your life and the lives of those around you to become a servant. But not just any servant, to become a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. So many, so, so many, so many benefits come when we become a servant to Jesus Christ. Paul, verse 1, a servant of Jesus Christ. The word servant, we have had much uh, written and, and preached on. The word servant means doulos. And Paul says, I am the doulos of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when he says that, he's saying, I am willing to do anything for him, for him. Whatever he asks of me, I will do. Whatever he asks me to change in my life, I will do. And Paul did. He sold out to this and he became uh, the traveling prophet, the, the, the traveling preacher all through the whole Mediterranean area. Paul, a servant, more on that. I w I'd like to show you. A, I'd like to show you a look at the slave market in the first century. 
A look at the slave market shows more clearly what Paul meant. Number one, the slave was owned, lock, stock, and barrel. No rights whatsoever. We can become a doulos with no rights whatsoever. He was totally possessed by whoever had bought him. This is what Paul meant. Paul was purchased and possessed by Jesus Christ. And Christ loved him for it. Christ loved this doulos who was willing to do anything. And the world has yet to see a man like Paul that is so totally sold out, willing to do anything for the Lord. Using your gifts and abilities, God's always looking for servants, doulos, to fill that position. Having said that, the slave existed for his master's sake and no other reason. He had no personal rights, and the same was true with Paul. He existed only to serve Christ. His rights were the rights of Christ only. Now, you can volunteer to fill this position, but number three, the slave, the doulos, served his master and existed only for the purpose of service. He was at the master's disposal day and night to do whatever he was asked. And for the slave's will belonged to his master. Hmm. He was allowed no will of his own, no ambition of his own, but the ambition belonged to Jesus Christ. In fact, he said that he fought and struggled to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Every thought. And there is a fifth and most precious thing about Paul being a slave of Jesus Christ. He meant that he had the highest and most honored kingly profession in the world. People of God, the greatest people of history have always been called the servants, the doulos of God. The doulos of God. I hope you'll hang in here with me because I would like to show you other doulosses, other servants of God. See if you don't recognize them. Moses. Moses was called the slave of God. Malachi 4.4. 4. The slave of God. Joshua. We're studying him on, on. I get a little confused. Sunday night. Joshua was the slave of God. Joshua 24. Verse 29. Notice these great, great people of God. David. 2 Samuel 3.18 was called the, the doulos of, of God. James was the slave of God. He called himself a slave. James 1.1. 1, 1. Peter, the slave of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Jude was the slave of God. Jude chapter 1. The prophets were the slaves of God, Amos 3, 7. And Christian believers, you and I, are said to be the slaves of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2, 24. Wow. 
I don't want to bore you with this, but the scriptures are so clear that we benefit when we sell out to Jesus Christ, when we become his doulas. John 12, 26 says, If any man serve me, if any man doulas me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. That's one of the benefits of being a doulas. Now, not to be a doulas is to give part of your heart, but to hold back other things, things you know Christ doesn't approve of. But we give part, but we keep part. Partial obedience is disobedience. We are all, and it's really not a choice. It's just to show you and tell you how much benefit there is for you and I to sell out to Jesus Christ. Well, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 6, laboring not with eye service because people are watching as men pleasers, but as the doulos of Christ, doing the will of God from our hearts. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Colossians chapter 3, I just did this on Sunday. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you do loss the Lord Jesus Christ. Serve, slave, enslave yourself to Jesus Christ. I like this one, Hebrews 12, 28. I'm kind of emphasizing these because I see some are writing these down and I want to give them a chance to catch up. But Hebrews 12, 28 says this, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, this is genie, a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may do loss God, serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Very simply put in Exodus 23, 25, and you shall serve the Lord your God. You shall do loss the Lord your God, laying aside all personal and private ambition and surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. All through the scriptures, I found, I found dozens that simply say, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. It's our privilege to serve the Lord. Now, the way we would serve the Lord would be different maybe than others. We've gone through this before. We'll probably go through it again in another uh, week or two, but we all have gifts and abilities to be serving the Lord. Someone over here might serve the Lord in their way. Someone over here in their way. Somebody over here is gifted differently. The important thing is that you don't consider yourself, your, your gift as being more important, more needful than others. That's what a body of believers does. We are, we are a family of God. 
Wow. Serve the Lord with gladness. Psalms 100. Come before his presence with singing. Next we see Paul. Again, his calling. A servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle. Separated unto the gospel of God. Apostle. Paul was an apostle. What does that mean? I don't believe it means what some people say it means. We have churches downtown Altoona who their pastor calls, calls themselves, I'm the Apostle John. I'm Apostle Bill. Instead of being called pastor, they call themselves apostle. I believe an apostle is someone who has seen Jesus Christ literally. I don't think apostle so-and-so did. Now, they would say in a vision. That's where they come at it. An apostle is a representative, an ambassador, a person who is sent out into one country to represent another country. A famous pastor was on an, was on an airplane, and this particular pastor had, had built the largest church in America. This is back in the 60s. And it was Hammond, Indiana. It was First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. And he was flying coach on an airplane somewhere. Person next to him didn't know who he was. He liked it that way. But then she said, now what do you do, sir, for a living? And he said, oh, I'm an ambassador. I've never met an ambassador before, she said. What, what country do you represent? And he said, well, I represent the country of heaven. I'm an ambassador. And you and I can be and should be ambassadors representing Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Paul said he was called to be an apostle. He was not in the ministry because he, one, chose to be. He was not in the ministry because he had special abilities. I'm not, I'm not, I am not slamming or criticizing other pastors or people who call themselves pastors. But what I have seen in 40 years of ministry are sometimes the most gifted are very proudful about it and they're in it because they're so gifted. Not because God called them. Do you see the difference? I hope so because he was not in the ministry because he had the ability. He was not in the ministry because he wanted to be. It looked easy. I had someone recently that was visiting our church ask me, said to me, I think I want to be a pastor. Well, this person was without a job at the time. And I believe. I believe you can be so gifted and wonderfully qualified on a human level, but you cannot. And I know some of you think this is easy. 
But you cannot handle all the pressures, all the burdens, without all at one with on your own. It has to be God calling you and enabling you. I told this person, I said, why do you want to be a pastor? Because it looks fun. Because it's something I think I can do. And then I said, don't do it. Well, that was the last time we saw that person in church. I just tell you and warn you that uh, if God calls you, you can do nothing else but be but be a servant of God. If God calls you to be a pastor, you can do nothing else but, and it will haunt you all your life if you don't. But God calls all of us to something. There, is, there, there are abilities that you have that others don't have. There are, there are th- gifts that you have that others don't have. Discover them. Use them for the kingdom of God's sake. It doesn't have to be in church. It can, it can be on the school board, like Angie over here. Oh, not school, PTA stuff. Uh, it can be at the hospital in your positions. It can be in the, uh, the, the social realm and the, the, the social services, serving God, representing God. That's my point. Paul was called. Had he been encouraged by others? No. Had he been encouraged by others to choose a ministerial profession? Well, honey, I think you'll make a great pastor. Some of the biggest failures in ministry are those who were mama called. They go through four or five years of schooling, sometimes six years for their masters, but then they get out there because mama called them. Someone else called them. They're a massive failure. Missionaries have a huge drop-off. And missionaries, they... I've had some of the... How do I want to say this? Some of the worst behaved people, teenagers in my past, wanted to be missionaries. And why? It's a calling from God. God has to be the one to call you. Otherwise, there's maybe Mandy can help me because you went to those classes too, I think, but... 53% of missionaries only last less than five years in the ministry. 53. So I just point out to you, if you you, don't, don't, don't go telling your grandchildren, your children, that how great of a pastor they might make. And some of them would become great. But you gotta leave the calling up to God. Paul did not want to represent Jesus Christ. He was the greatest enemy of the Christians in the first century. But God supernaturally called him. And because of that, because he was sold out first to be the enemy of Christianity, to be against Christianity, God saw that commitment 
and turned it around and used Paul for his courage. Some of our children, grandchildren, have a lot of courage. Don't break that. Mold that. God needs courageous uh, people in the ministry. He was not in the ministry because he enjoyed working with the people. One of the most famous quotes I get, I get all the time from House of Ministry, it'd be green if it wasn't for the people. And you do get worn out. You do get tired. But you don't join the ministry because you enjoy working with people. There are other kinds of professions. Paul, that's who will be studying his life here. Remembering he's not there yet. He's not in Rome yet. He has written this letter from Corinth, one of the most evil cities in the known world there. And he wrote this letter to send to send to them because he couldn't be there. And he has included everything in the kitchen sink too in this 16-chapter book. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be glorious for us to take it this slow and learn more about the Word of God and the God of the Word. Lord, go with us into our homes, asking you, dear Lord, to... Bless these parents and grandparents, Lord. Ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom. Lord, ask you, Lord, now, right now, do we need to be more of a servant to you? More of a doulos? What can we change in our life to be more of a dedicated doulos for you, Lord? Speak to us, use us, Lord, we pray, and corporately as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.